Welcome to the Apologist Bookshelf again. Gary Zacharias here. I've got a book called The God Conversation. It's not a new book. It's, I think it came out in 07 by J.P. Moreland and Tim Muehlhoff. And it is a wonderful book because it, I think, prepares us for a, a better, more effective way to interact with others when we're talking about defending the Christian faith. It's called The God Conversation, and the subtitle is Using Stories and Illustrations to Explain Your Faith. And I think that's what's so uh, important about this, not just giving people a bunch of knowledge, but letting them see what we're talking about when it comes to Christianity. Uh, On the back of the book, Clyde Cook, who's the former president of Biola, had this to say about the book. I love stories and illustrations because of the impact they've had on me. If they've had a similar effect on you, this book is for you. It'll reinforce your faith, hone your ability to share your relationship to Jesus Christ, and delight your imagination. I cannot give it a higher recommendation. And then when you open up the book, uh, let me get to the first part. It's the foreword by uh, Lee Strobel. And he said uh, he still remembers a talk that J.P. Moreland gave when he came to Willow Creek Community Church. And he said uh, that, and I won't go into the detail of what the, the illustration was that Moreland came up with, but uh, Strobel said Moreland came up with a lot of brilliant things that evening, but Strobel said he was impressed with the whole presentation. But he said, you know, years later, that illustration is what he remembered most clearly. He said that's what good illustrations do. They bring abstract concepts to life and heighten our interest. And that's exactly right. So maybe for this, uh, I want to do this book more than once because there's so much to cover in here. So I want to do several podcasts. So I think today I'll do the uh, the first one of it. And I want to talk about the introduction in chapter one. So the intro uh, says they've done some research in communication. And they said when people walk away from a conversation, they immediately forget half of what was said. Can you imagine that half? And worse than that, Eight hours later, so like the end of a workday or something, they remembered about 20% of what got discussed. And guess what they do remember? Examples and stories and illustrations. And they're, they're pointing out that that's what stays with people long after a conversation is over. And says, if you think about it, people have a lot of questions and a lot of concerns about God and Christianity. And he said, we need to have careful answers. And the answers say, well, we need to study the scriptures, we need to read, and he said, I say he, I'm always thinking of J.P. Moreland, but it's two authors, Moreland and Muehlhoff, and they said, we also need to provide vivid illustrations to make the answers clear and memorable, and that's what they aim to do with this book. They said, uh, this book, The God Conversation, gives all sorts of illustrations that will linger with people that don't believe, don't really share our faith, long after the conversation is over. They said you've got examples that uh, you can go to in the book, quotations and stories to try to explain the Christian worldview. And then uh, what they've tried to do, and this is the part that may be the weakest of the book, and I don't think anything is particularly weak, but maybe not as strong as some other parts is, it says the illustrations that are covered in the book come from current events. Well, remember what I said at the beginning here. This book came out. Let me look it up just to double check. Yeah, it's 2007. So we're talking 16 years have gone by. Well, what happens in 16 years? Well, current events are no longer current. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm not putting the book down because you can come up with your own illustrations, and many of these are still good. 
but I caught myself thinking, well, I'm not sure my audience would recognize that. And there are others that will come to my mind, and some will come to yours as well. So, for example, uh, here are some problems, I think, with it. They said uh, they, they reference films like Crash, Catch Me If You Can, Aaron Brockovich, and The Truman Show. Well, most of those are kind of a distant memory to people. They talk about television shows like uh, My Name is Earl. Well, that one's been off for quite a while. But it still has Oprah in here and uh, Bono, and they talk about 9-11 and uh, Bosnia and people like that. They talk about illustrations from very famous people, William Paley, C.S. Lewis, Alvin Plantinga, Machiavelli, Oz Guinness, Norm Geisler, Alan Dershowitz, Martin Luther King Jr. So much of it is still up to date, but I just wanted to warn you about that when you start in on the book. Just keep in mind, in some places, you may want to come up with your own illustrations. And in fact, I'm going to try to, um, as we go through this, I'll try to throw in a few of mine so you got the idea of how this would work. So what they do is the book is organized around certain assumptions that people have that make them kind of shy away from Christianity. Like what? Well, can there be a good God if you've got terrorists out there? Remember, this book came out not too long after 9-11. So basically the question is, I don't know if I believe in a God because of pain and suffering and evil. And then there's a second section of the book. It's called Jesus, Buddha, or Muhammad. And what they're trying to talk about there is that whole religious pluralism business that we hear so much about these days. The third section of the book deals with the resurrection of Jesus. What was that? Was that a lie? Was it a conspiracy? Was it, uh, you know, what else? What could you call it? Hallucinations? What's going on with it? Fourth section. What would Machiavelli do? And it's talking about ethics and morality. We live in a world of just bathed in relativism. So they discuss that. And then the last section is, are we an accident? And it's talking about design. So those are the five areas that this book talks about. So let me go to chapter one. I'd like to cover that one. And then I think I will wait for um, a future podcast to get into some more of the details of the book. So they give an example. It starts off, remember this book is all about using illustrations and examples. So it starts off with a true story of an adult bookstore that opened up for business. It was in the South someplace, and people were kind of shocked, and they didn't know what they could do about it. Well, there are two elderly ladies who'd lived in that community their entire lives, and they're really upset with that. And they complain to the mayor, and they complain to the town officials, and they don't get anywhere. So they decided to do something themselves. So every hour the bookstore is open, one of the ladies would stand outside with the camera taking pictures of people who entered and left the bookstore. And it says, day after day, embarrassed customers encountered another photo op, which they, which they obviously didn't want. So it says, after two months... The customers quit coming. The store closed. One of the ladies later confessed that she didn't even have film in the camera. So the authors of this book that we're talking about, The God Conversation, said they still remember the point of that, of that story. It's never too late to get involved in community activism. And so they said they wrote the book, Marlon and Mulehoff wrote this book, because they thought illustrations, just like the one above about the adult bookstore, they're the lifeblood of communication. In fact, they said, to go back in history, Roman philosopher and statesman Seneca said, rules make the learner's path long, 
Examples make it short and successful. That's a good one, isn't it? Let me do that one more time. Rules make the learner's path long. Okay, so just a bunch of abstract rules. Examples make it short and successful. So they tell about why, what is there about illustrations and examples that make them so important? And they say there are basically four reasons. One, it takes the idea that you're trying to present to your non-Christian friend. It makes it clear. It makes it easy to follow. You give an example, and that illustrates, that amplifies the meaning. I said, we admire people who can offer examples and illustrations. I uh, said, uh, a friend of ours one time was discussing the crucial role a person's credentials play. And he was speaking in fairly theoretical terms. And finally, one person in the group said, well, could you give me an example of how a person's credentials can persuade us? So he gives an example of a communication expert who tried an experiment on health club members. So remember, this guy's an expert. So he approaches people in the club and said, have you heard the latest diet craze? And he just made it up. It was based on him loving chocolate. So, but he told the club members that the creators of the diet claimed if overweight people would just eat their regular diet and exercise, if they started eating three chocolate eclairs a day, they would lose weight. And they, he says that they found out, he, somebody found out that these eclairs had some kind of nutrient that attacks calories. Well, when he told the people there at the health club, they said, you got to be kidding. Well, the expert said, no, I know it sounds odd, but he said the diet's been tested and it had full support from Johns Hopkins University, Johns Hopkins Hospital. And when they heard the name Johns Hopkins, people said, oh, really? So they started kind of buying into this idea of these chocolate eclairs because of the cre credibility of a prestigious university. Well, people in the group laughed at the story, but they got the point. We find the credibility of well-known institutions to be pretty darn persuasive. So he said, when, um, um, let me go back again, More, Moreland and Muehlhoff, I keep wanting to say he, but when those two say, when you're sharing an argument for God's existence or maybe the uniqueness of Christianity with unbelieving friends, you'll find that these illustrations that you can come up with are going to help people understand. And they said some of the arguments may be new to you in this book, and they hope that the illustrations can help you understand the arguments more clearly. So that's one thing, right? What's the good thing about illustrations? They clarify. They make things easier to follow. What's another good point about illustrations? They can help your friend remember the point. So first is clarity. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I get it. And then weeks later, oh, hey, that was a good point. So I said, remember, when the conversation is over, your friend's going to forget a lot of things, but what's going to carry with that person will be the illustrations. They said, think about Jesus. So just think about Jesus illustrated his ideas. He he told stories, the lamp under the bushel, that illustration, the city on the top of a hill, the good Samaritan, the camel, and the eye of the needle. I mean, just he said 2,000 years go by, and you can just mention those, and people already can see those images that Jesus had. So people remember those things. It says it's easy to forget an idea, but stories have a lingering effect. So the more that we can put stories and examples and illustrations in our conversations, the more memorable they're going to be. Here's the third thing that they suggest. A good illustration allows you to repeat without wearing people out. I mean, we remember things the more we hear them, but we don't want to hear the same thing over and over again. And as they point out, nobody wants to be lectured to. You know, if you got a kid, you know how fidgety they get when the mom or dad goes on and on. 
It says, uh, but it says, if you tell them a story about you growing up and how you encountered similar challenges, kids are more apt to pay attention. You're making the same point as the speech, but it's repackaged. And it says, for example, in apologetics, the same way. So they said, uh, take the, the argument from design. That's going to be one of their chapters. And they said, the argument is based on three ideas. Where there's design, there's a designer. Number two, signs of design are obvious in our bodies and in the world around us. Number three, the design we see in ourselves and in the world should be attributed to an intelligent designer. They said, you know, you can only say that so many times. And people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, maybe instead of repeating those three ideas, we could share with their listener, whoever you're listening to, you're uh, talking to. There's an illustration by William Paley. He compared the human eye to a high-powered telescope. And Paley observed that both the eye and the telescope were designed. They're, they're designed to bend rays of light and bring things into focus. And he concluded that if you can say a telescope was designed by a master craftsman, then maybe we should say the human eye was designed by a divine craftsman. So what's Paley just said? Those same three points, but he said them with an illustration, and we remember those. And then finally, they said one-fourth point, one-fourth good reason to use illustrations they sustain interest. So let me go through the four again. I'll spend more time on number four. But first is, why do we use illustrations? Makes things clear, whatever you want to get across to a person. Secondly, why an illustration? Help your friends remember things that you're talking about. Third, you, you're allowed, um, illustrations allow you a chance to repeat, but you repeat in a different format. And you don't wear people out. Okay, number four. The fourth thing a good illustration does, it keeps the interest up. Somebody uh, once was talking about preaching. He was an expert. He said, you know, monotony is almost always fatal to interest. Monotony of voice and style and intellectual activity. And he's, they were saying, you know, a lot of the times we have to be careful when we're talking apologetics. We can just overload people with facts. And said people start zoning out there. But illustrations reclaim the interest. Now think about Jesus' stories. Did he maintain interest when he told the story of the Good Samaritan or the prodigal son? That's one, That's my favorite. Yeah, there's plenty of interest there. And so uh, that's what this book is going to be about. It said the illustrations, illustrations in the book have been carefully written and edited so they can be memorized. And then you put them in your own words. And I would suggest that's going to be critical to this book to not just know some of these, but be able to kind of rehash some of the illustrations. So that's the book. It's called The God, God Conversation. J.P. Moreland, I've read many of his works and always appreciate his intellect, his careful thinking. So J.P. Moreland and Tim Muehlhoff have done these, uh, done the book here. The God Conversation, it's not that long either. Let's see, the whole book is 150 plus pages or so. So something that I'm sure by now it's out there and uh, sitting in used bookstores or you can get it really cheap online. So I would recommend it highly because we want to share our faith. That's my focus with our apologetics class at our church. We don't want to just have people come in the evening and do our apologetics and have people walk out with a little bit more knowledge than they had when they walked in. Okay, that's good. I mean, that's certainly fine. We want that. But the next step is what's more important. That is carry that information out to a co-worker or a son or a daughter or a neighbor or whatever it is. Carry that information out and share it. Share it. Get it out there. Get, 
get the exposure to these points that we've been talking about in class. So we don't want to have apologetics as just an intellectual exercise. Why do we do apologetics? We want to change minds. We want to change people's beliefs. We want to at least till the ground, get it ready, um, be gardeners, clear, clear the land uh, for apologetics to become then a part of evangelism, to actually change people and turn them into Christians. Whether we do it or somebody else does, at least we've done the preparation. All God asks us to do is be faithful. And using something like the God conversation can really help with that. All right, well, thanks a lot. I think next time I'll do the next section so you can see one area. We want to be able to use the God conversation to explain our faith. And we're living in such a challenging time. And this will be a, a great book, a great start to helping us share what Christianity really is. All right, thanks.